Welcome to Talking in Stations. I am Matterall. Today we're going to talk about the Grand Prix that was designed by CCP. Ashroth is going to take us through all of that in just a second. And uh, also we'll talk about M2, the significance of the M2 Keepstar being destroyed just a few minutes ago, what that means for the war, and what that means for the future. We'll go back and revisit that whole era, or I should call it a incident, I suppose. Probably the best way. All right, but with me today is Ash Dorothy. How's it going, Ash? Greetings, fellow Empyreans. I am Ash Dorothy, and today we are sitting outside the Molia Cemetery, one of the nicest sites, I think, um, from the Grand Prix. Yeah, a uh, little bit about the cemetery. That is a tradition that EVE players have done for a long time, lighting a light that would burn for 15 minutes uh, for a lost loved one or a lost companion in EVE Online. As you know, we're playing in a cyber world, but we're connected to real bodies. So when some of us leave this world, uh, the character that we played in the game sits empty. And so to commemorate people who we've lost, there was a tradition of lighting the only light that we had, which was a Sino. And uh, so CCP decided that, uh, well, there was also cemeteries constructed by players and they would you know put put notes out on uh, cans and stuff like that and so ccp decided to take that tradition and kind of roll it into um this memorial and that's what that is correct yeah molia cemetery was originally created by a player as a pos that allowed people to anchor their their cans to commemorate a loved one and uh, that was destroyed a few times but now CCP has put in a monument that of their own that uh, doesn't have to be maintained by players. But it also appears that it is hot drop o'clock, so we should probably recognize that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, first I'd like to welcome everybody from Ron's stream. I was watching it. It was uh, awesome to listen to the Smiths and to listen to Ron talk about EVE Online. I don't think there's a better combination of EVE uh, with uh, Ron and the Smiths and music from the 80s, my era. So... That was nice. Very nice. Um, and thanks. Uh, also, I want to say a few words about Ron, who's with T TIS uh, for a while. Uh, first of all, you're all fans of his, so I don't need to sell you on him or anything. But for those of us, for those people who are watching this on video or later, you want to subscribe to R-O-N-U-S-M-C. That's Ron U-S-M-C. He's a great way to learn about EVE Online on the NullSec level. What goes on in war, what the strategies are, how ships work, how mechanics work, and how people organize themselves during war. I don't think there's a better teacher out there right now. And his streams are great with a ton of really good personality. He's the best streamer of EVE Online. He's my favorite streamer right now. So uh, thanks uh, for doing all the streams and work that you do, Ron. We've worked together a few times, and you know I, I appreciate how much uh, effort you put into the, to the work. I literally am jealous of what he's got going because he's just he's just nailed it as far as I'm concerned. And when he busts out his little uh, markers, yeah, I, I just know I'm going to learn something. Yeah, that's one thing to break out markers and to circle things and to put arrows and this or that. But he actually does good artwork. <laughs> like it's actually really good art. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, let's get started with today. We have a couple of things to tackle. What's going on with you, Ashtarothy, with the Grand Prix? What is it and how do you get involved? Yeah, so uh, the Grand Prix showed up uh, a week or two early, which has some very, uh, from what I expected, 
which has some interesting implications, which we'll go into. Um, like other, so the thing that people that may not really uh, have caught on to, the pirate events are usually like a few weeks long, a couple weeks long. The empire events are usually only like a weekend, okay? And they're usually not really combat related. Historically, most of them have just been like, go to these Titan large collidable objects and shoot fireworks at them. Um, but the one that has always been kind of a bigger deal was the Federation Grand Prix. And I believe that this is because it spurred originally out of a player-based event, but I don't know too many too much about that stuff. Um, either way, this is um, at least the second time that we've done the Federation Grand Prix. And what they do is they send you off onto all of these other, all these long destinations. So like right now I'm in the middle of the Southern route. Um, and I think I'm about halfway through. They said each route is about a hundred or over a hundred systems long. And um, what the, basically every given stop is somewhere between like three to 10 systems away. Um, but you go stop by stop by stop. And like previous event or like the last couple of events, there is a uh, a reward track that functions as like a meta reward. So let me make sure that you guys can see this. Okay. Yep. Except for everything's backwards. Awesome. Hold on. Let me fix that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's it's the technology. Oh, it's doing it again. Let me check it. Hold on. Maybe I could flip you. You look good, actually. You you end up right. It is it good? Yeah. Okay. You end up right. Well, if it's good, it's good. We're going to call this good then. Um, okay. So as you can see, like my current ma mission is now to go to Corazor Prime, which I just finished this one, and it is only two jumps away. So it's not that far in between each stop. Each stop is worth one point. The track uh, has thirty-six points total. So it is a bit of a. It is you're going to have to move in order to get these things. Uh, just like in previous, uh, the last couple of events, they mostly provide skins with some accelerators. Although in this case, the accelerators are unique. These are velocity boosters, both um, just normal velocity and warp speed velocity ones. Um, they have an expiring of at the end of the month. So, yeah. So you have to use them before then. Um, a uh, the expert system that we got also expires at the end of the month, which again, we'll get back to that in a few seconds or in a little bit. Um, but I believe that these skins likely will be difficult to obtain, may not be able to be obtained ever again, because it's very likely that they'll just choose new ships to get the Luminary Zenith skins for next year. So uh, it looks like most of the Navy ships. I don't know whether or not they'll repeat which ships you can, which skins you get each year. But in the event that they don't, this may be the only time to get uh, the Luminar Zenith skin for the Navy ships. Um, because these bind on pickup when they, you know, they bind to you as soon as you uh, redeem them. It's a pretty neat, de decent skin. It's existed before, but now it's had been expanded just like other events have. Um, yeah, so as soon as you redeem them from the redemption window, so um, it will apply to your character. Sure. To put it a different way, if you ever want to have, if you want to have the skin, you have to do this with this character, with that character that you want the skin with. Um, but uh, let's see. This also should be true with the skins that are part of the daily login campaign, 
which I think that there was an incorrect statement made before where it is seven days of gifts, but you do have 12 days total, um, 11 days remaining. Uh, so maybe 13 days total uh, in order to complete it. So if you miss a day, it's not a big deal. You can keep on going. I think somehow that got around like a few some people were believing that. So I just wanted to clarify that you have seven it, it's seven days of gifts, but you have 11 days remaining to to collect them. Um, and so that brings us to the. Uh, the interceptor. Expert system. So this thing is really new. Um, we've been talking about it quite a bit for the last couple of weeks. Uh, the expert systems give you skills that you would not normally have. So it doesn't care whether or not you have those skills. You can just have them for this weekend. Um, as you can see, it gives me all four racial frigates to five and interceptors to four. Which means that I can fly any interceptor, even if I am an alpha character. Okay. Um, they, it only lasts for four days, but the expert system exp itself doesn't expire until March 30th. Um, oh, those accelerators were May, not March. So you're, we're actually going to get a couple of months out of those accelerators, not the end of the month. But this expert system does expire at the end of this month. So what that means is, is that you don't have to use it this weekend. If you collect it on a character... You can use it any time between now and March 30th, and then you'll get interceptors for four days. There's another interesting quirk to this, which is the fact that because it gives you all four racial frigates to five, that means that if you have any other Tech 2 frigate unlocked, and you just for some reason don't have the racial frigates um, skill trained up to five, this will give you that for those two. So if you've trained Manticore, but you haven't trained Purifier, and the only thing between you is, is uh, a Mar Frigate 5, congratulations, you've got a Mar Frigate 5 for four days. Um, it's a really interesting way for them to use the expert system to create uh, unique opportunities for players. It's also a really good opportunity to destroy a whole bunch of interceptors <laughs> as CCP... Uh, by the way, somebody I use, even posted... I use this for camera ships, by the way. So, you know, because um, interceptors are, with a cloak are used as camera ships to run around, and uh, we use that today. So this thing already came in handy. Oh, yeah. Alphas can use interceptors for the weekend. It's pretty great. Yep. Um, but they won't be able to use the cloak. But either way. That one I um, but uh, this plus the interceptors proving conduit means that there's a whole bunch of extra interceptors being purchased and used right now. Um, and also thanks to the dead end pipe and literally named dead end. Um, there's also a lot of interceptors dying this weekend. Uh, it's actually really interesting because CCP posted, uh, or like in a previous, I think 2017, 2018, whatever it was that in a fan fest, they had a discussion about the grand prix. And one of the things they commented on was the fact that because they sent everybody into, uh, the New Eden uh, constellation, like where the New Eden system is, uh, that's basically a dead end. Literally, there's a system called dead end. Since they sent you there, that was a big choke point and a whole bunch of people died. And they made a comment about this during the show. And this year, they did it again. So uh, if you like ganking people, 
there are lots and lots and lots of really great opportunities to do so right now. Uh, if you want to not get ganked, there are some very basic things that you can do to not uh, to to make sure that the person that gets blown up is somebody else, not you. Um, I managed to make it in and out without any problems whatsoever. But you know, you never warp directly to a, st- uh, a gate to gate. You never, you know, you 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 get a descanning of your gates and stuff like that. You're smart about things. You can get by. Now, I'm only halfway through, so I'm probably going to eat my words in a few in a little bit. But you know, so far so good. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else about the? Oh, uh, there will be apparently winners of each of the loops, which will be put onto the monument when this is all said and done. But I'm not sure exactly what a what constitutes being a winner. I imagine the fastest times for each loop. Yeah, I'm definitely not getting that since I've been... Oh, hey, look, my task is to go to the Dorium the Second Memorial, which is where I want to go next. So I'm going to just head on over there now. Yeah. So we described this yesterday. You don't just fly to the gate and jump through because somebody will put a big, what we called catcher's mitt, right in front of that gate. Um, and ex- basically a smart bomb and blow you up. So what you want to do is ricochet off a planet or off a moon or off some celestial... And that way you come in at a different angle to that gate. That'll save you most of the time. And what I do is I do the same thing that I do in hacking sites, which is that I'll warp in at range and I'll open up my bookmark bar or my my place bookmark thing uh, window. And as soon as the Stargate's actual model appears, I'll hit enter, which means I'll land at range and behind me more than 150 kilometers is my new bookmark. So then I immediately just bounce back to my bookmark and then bounce to the gate if it's safe. And that way, even if I'm warping to a regional gate or a gate that's not near a planet for some reason, I still don't get exposed too badly. But you don't go in, you, you, you want to change your angle because, especially in Nullsec, because of drag bubbles. But interceptors obviously don't need to worry about that. Well, correct, interceptors don't need to worry about that, I should say. I'm about to warp to the uh, Dorium the Second Memorial, which is actually a brand new one. Dorium the Second is you. one of the I got you freezing for uh, some emperors reason. that a lot of people don't think about very much. He uh, he was the guy who actually won versus Jamil Sorum when she had to commit suicide, and so his assassination is what opened up the door for Jamil to become empress. Uh, check your cam, Ash. I think that's about it for the uh, for the uh, Grand Prix. It's not that big of an event. It's a relatively small event. Um, the next bigger event is going to be probably in April, and that's going to be the hunt by the Garistas. Let's see if I can bring that up. There you are. So, we should probably so the Grand Prix the... is really to show off these new statues, these amazing statues they have in the sky, in the space. Well, it... It is really cool where like the Grand Prix does. It's not just these statues because like they take you to the Black Monolith, which is why you go to the Dead End. It, um, the Mysterious Probe, which I thought was a very interesting one for them to highlight. Um, it's it, there are all kinds of landmarks in Eve, and unfortunately, we don't have an achievement system or some sort of breadcrumb that would help you know that these sites even exist, let alone why they're here. And the thing I really like about this event is that it sends you to those sites and it gives you in the description as you're going to them, it tells you the, descri- the description that you find on the site. And it says it in the completion too. So, you know, I could scroll down and read the description of, of uh, you know, the, 
the mysterious shuttle, for example. Oh, wild. So these are great things that you could do on your own time, should you want to. And if you're a newer player, I think it's incredible immersive richness. This just ended up being a really good time to release or, well, like I said, even the last time they did the Federation Grand Prix, they sent them to, you know, meaningful locations. So it just happened to be a good time to put in more of these monuments. So they put in the Dorium the second monument and they put in the Kriba monument. And they also touched up the Mechios graveyard, um, which I should probably head over there too to to check it out. Um, and some other places. There's been a strong focus on you know polishing up and making making the the, the space of Eve uh more you know, immersive and interesting and, you know, working on things like sites and statues and stuff for several years. Um, but of course, it's, you know, it's, it's advanced a few times. Originally, CCP was going to give us the tools to make our own statues, but uh, ultimately, they've decided to focus on creating these kinds of monuments um, that stand separate and aren't turned into giant penises. <laughs> Although there are, to be fair, there are a lot of giant penises right here. If you think of the Armageddon's that way, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> that's what I always thought was weird about the whole like time to penis uh, thing that they say about like, T -T oh, this is why we can't give you customization. Yeah, we can't give you customization tools because if we do that, then it'll just make giant penises. I'm like, yeah, but you made the MR, so where's your excuse? <laughs> well, in Galente, like, we get the Thrasher and all that stuff. Not sure. I mean, not the thrasher. Well, the I'm not sure where you're going with this one now. Oh. The catalyst? No, no, it is. No, it's not. It's um. Oh, the this... thorax. You're talking thorax. about the thorax. I just this happened yeah. yesterday. I was trying to think of the thorax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, the thorax is definitely uh, suggestive, but it's definitely no Avatar and or Armageddon. I had to quickly ch check to make sure I wasn't wrong, and it's for a yeah. second there, I was like, oh shoot, is that the apocalypse? Oh, I'm going to go to the Kriba monument. Right. So you have to do 100 systems per lap, let's say, or per city. Or I don't know what you would call that. Per route. Route. There's okay. three routes. Circuits. Are Circuits, they all connected? Do you go from called. one, like you finish one route and it's near the beginning of another? Uh, I think that they all start and end at Luminaire. Okay. It's just where you go from there. It's almost like hiking and you get to the... Uh, the parking lot and there's three different paths to take from that. Okay. Now Kribba right. is actually a player, an old player. Everybody knows him from before when the game was, you say everybody knows him, but I actually just got smaller. asked who is Kribba today. Yeah. yeah. So... I was going to say when the game was smaller and there were, I mean, the game was a lot smaller at one point and he was somebody that built third party software that really helped the community and made a good name for himself besides being an honest guy and, just being all about um, mining. I think he even had a, a tattoo of Valdspar on him. You mm -hmm. know, he was just one of the early heroes of the players, well-liked by just about everybody and trusted. So he became a third-party broker, which is kind of an honor. It means that you're like trustworthy enough to hand your goods and you know you won't get screwed over by this guy. And that's, a, that's something important in this game where you're supposed well, to trust He more or less no invented the concept of third-party brokerage in in eve i mean like he's the first person to do it on any kind of scale when other people did it they were copying him effectively right. 
because I'm not sure be, that I'm not sure that's 100 percent true, but yes, he was the first one that uh, a lot of he's the first one that was known for it. So maybe it is that way. But I think there was other public. I mean, there were like obviously this. like private private trades and stuff like that. But but he he what so he liked to mine and he was very helpful to a lot of people uh, throughout the years and was able to pull together good graces fairly frequently. Uh, I remember when I first started playing, he actually owned a system in Providence that was just his. Um, eventually it was taken, but people tried to defend it for him. Um, you know, but it was that he was that kind of dude. And as you pointed out, you, he made a lot of tools, um, third party tools. I think Eve Offline is probably one of the most frequent ones the in, one. in the modern day that I deal with. Yeah, you're right. Um, but uh, he's actually probably, honestly, his biggest impact in the actual game, besides the statue, is the fact that the modern day rules for capitals in HiSec exist effectively because of Kriba. Um, he was a major industrialist and had uh, the Veldnaut, which was a dreadnought that he mines in HiSec with. And uh, he was pretty well known for that. So when, the, when it came down that there'd be like, the rules came like basically banning capitals from HiSec by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there was a caveat carved out. There was a Kriba sized caveat that allows you to have a capital in HiSec, but you're not allowed to do anything with it besides mine. So, uh, you know, in fact, Kriba was when the statue was put up earlier this week, he was out in Amar Prime uh, with the Veldnaut standing by his fat statue with his with his ship so that's why in this uh statue you can see he's got a dreadnought in the mining belts because that's what he mines in it's called the veld knot yes by the way did you say this is in amar the statue this is amar prime yeah wow which is where his his veld knot is and it can't go anywhere else no so that's where it is that's cool that's really neat and it you know gives people uh, something to aspire to if they're players in this game yeah, and this is actually the second uh, statue like this that is specifically designed for a player made by uh, CCP. There's also the um, the Katiasai monument um, outside of Sasio or in Sasio. Yeah, um, on Patrons. the first Stargate that he ever, he she started the journey. It's always so complicated. She. Gender gender issues when it comes to Eve characters becomes so complicated. We, we talk about the character, so she. I know. Yeah, and um, but I've actually met the player, so yeah, yeah, it's, it makes it's, it challenging. Yeah, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, by the way, he is now the CEO of uh, Signal Cartel. So congratulations to him. Yeah. Slash her. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, Katya is the patron saint, kind of of explorers. So. Mm -hmm. It's neat. They're celebrating, you know, not cutthroat pirates, but they're celebrating uh, kind of the lighter side of the spectrum as far as good and evil. I assume eventually we'll get statues of people who are notorious and that sort of thing. But right now it seems like it's players who have done amazing, long-term, very difficult things to do. One is cultivate goodwill and trustworthiness, which is incredibly hard to do in EVE Online. And the other one is to do the longest voyage possible without ever getting destroyed so those are remarkable achievements yeah well so i see this as being um a big sign of like almost like the disconnect between how ccp sees the game and how players see the game and so i see these kind of monuments almost as a message 
or as a reinforcement of 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 how they see the game which is that you know when when we have players we see like oh it's no no wars and it's the big flashy stuff that's what gets in the news that's what people care about all that kind of stuff but um you know when ccp talks about the game itself you know we have things like the the love of exploration video that just recently came out um or you know the this monument and the other monument they explicitly love the the sandbox nature of the game which means the things that are not like who can take the most territory or who can you know do the challenge that ccp put forward the best what really excites people is people coming into this world and creating their own story from scratch nobody told katya sai to do that, uh, to to go to every single system in the game without being killed. No one told Kriba to build the Veldnaut. There's no reason why they did it beyond the fact that they did it, and therefore they created new meaning within the sandbox. And that is something that CCP really cares about, is us actually doing things that are outside of the normal narratives, outside of the normal bounds of of what people do not the meta fleet fights not the you know those sorts of things that stuff is good that's the engines that that churn things but it's the everything from espionage to the the peaceful person that you know maps out a whole cluster of things and watches you know the the gates go by like there's a lot of people that still love this game as just a really awesome spaceship space game and a lot of those people are uh, do work for CCP. Yeah, we should also know that these these uh, type of players that are celebrated did this a long time ago. So it's not something that they're not rewarding players that have been doing things for the last five years. These are like you know decades. Well, Katia Sai, the monument was put up within about a month of of the task being finished. But the task started in two thousand nine. Correct. Yeah, yes, so it that's was, true. It was a long effort. So it's not just something that happened one time. These are like, uh, I think you you would think of them in terms of a long-term problem that they solved or a long-term thing that they did. Anyway, but that's that's them. And this is um, Kriba, well-known to a lot of old players, maybe not to the new generation. One more thing about third-partying. If you want to do third-partying stuff, if you have something you need to trade that's super valuable and you need a broker, uh, look up Ron USMC. That's something he's interested in doing. I have known that for a while. And if anybody asks me who's a trustworthy person, I will direct them to Ron. So uh, do that. Now, that has become a job that is very rare now because uh, Keepstars have made it easy to trade valuable ships that were too big to park anywhere else. So that third party thing isn't nearly as uh, useful as it used to be. But there's still some things like uh, territory sometimes swapping hands or Fortizar swapping hands, that kind of stuff. That still needs a person to transact that that's trustworthy. Where are we going now? I actually had to, I went to uh, the uh, Throne Worlds, but then it told me to go to the Cribbon next. So I had to go back to the <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some of the... the uh, so you race around over 100 per route, 100 jumps, which is a lot. Uh, what's the problem here? Because this has been called like a feeding frenzy for smart bombers. Well, as you can see, my next uh, destination is actually going to take me into low sec. So that's where it gets fun. Let's see if we um, and, in, and in particular... Um, 
the 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 dead end system, which is where the black monolith is, and the New Eden system are both like total dead ends. And and also there's only one way like through there. There's like it's a one jump chain. So it makes it really easy to uh choke point it and you know smart bomb everybody who just warps gate to gate. Yeah, and by the way, the uh when there's one way in and one way out, that's considered a pipe, right? Because you're in a pipe, you don't have options. And those are easy to strategically smart bomb, but a dead end system only has one way in and one way out. So that's incredibly easy to uh, gate camp. Yeah, and when I went to the dead end system, the other thing is is that you still have to warp to these sites. So a lot of people are just warping to these sites at zero and then just getting blapped. Even when I went to the dead end system, there was probably about five or six people just sitting there ready to, to try to grab me. So again, always when you warp, when you, when you jump through, you're jumping through the same place that everyone else is jumping through. And therefore, if you warp to a location, you're going to land at basically the same, same exact spot within two, two and a half K of everyone else that does the exact same thing. So that's where the trap's going to be set up. So your goal is to warp to something out of alignment to your destination target uh, from where you are. So that way, you, when you land, you're not landing in the direct line that they expect you to. Question, is there still a Eve Gate monument? I, I think there's, it's not a monument, it's a wormhole, but it's been enhanced. Yeah, there's no right? Eve Gate monument. You can see it in the skybox. There's actually no beacon for it whatsoever. And everywhere in that system, I think you can see it, can't you? Correct. Yeah, so it's just it's a in, giant Like I said, wormhole. yeah, it's in the skybox. It used to look like a glowing light, like an extra sun in there, but when they upgraded um, the graphics, they upgraded it to like a very much a wormhole looking thing. So it's like a giant wormhole. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, Eve Uni used to take uh, some of the little new players on, on trips to do this kind of a thing. Uh, and there were always pirates waiting for Eve Uni ships. Oh, yeah. Well, there there was a tradition um, a long time ago to go to the planet nearest to the Eve Gate, like in the skybox, and then just burn towards it, and then burn for as long as you possibly can, and then drop, drop a can, a can. Yeah. when you got there. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, throwing the javelin, but you were throwing yourself, and then uh, <laughs> then you would mark, you know, where you landed, and you'd be surprised at at uh, where they were. And I think you could actually warp two cans, right? So uh, I'm not sure if that's true, but I think you can. So you could kind of position yourself close to this. You just never get close to the gate, right? That's what the idea is. You just never get close to it. Nothing will ever change. It's, an eternal, right. it's eternally distant from you. Right. And I mean, in, in lore, it, we're not, you can't physically get near the, the actual Eve gate itself. Like it is so, so bad there. Um, they talk about, the the uh the ship that's hanging out outside of it um they say that parallel dimensions flowed through his his ship in random eddies like there's there's massive tachyon uh radiation it is just it's a bad place to be reality is breaking down there yikes so by the way there's a yeah, lot now of, that I'm back they talk about the new eden system um uh, or the the gate in the book Empyrean Age, actually. I know CCP wants yeah, to turn the page on. 
on those books, but so to speak. Uh, I don't, I mean, CCP, when, when they did the lore, uh, prior to chapter three, they like the entire hour long breakdown of the lore basically was that stuff. So CCP does not appear to be trying to back away from that lore. I know that there are, there are some players that would probably really like it if CCP did. Um, but CCP themselves seem to pretty much be on board with uh, the events of, of Empyrean Age Templar 1 as being canonical to the point where they continue to make references to them. Yeah. I actually recommend the Empyrean Age. You can get it on you know, Amazon or something. I thought it was, mm-hmm. it was really worthwhile, especially if you're an EVE player, it's really good because you just relate to all kinds of reference points and you get a much better understanding of the empires and a much better understanding of the technology of this age. Uh, there's still some mysteries to it and stuff, but at least there's the Hyperion. At least read that one. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the sequel to that book is called Templar one, which um, was the actual, that's inter- an audible. Yes. Sorry. No, no, you're right. It is not Imperial Age isn't. You have to read that one, but um, but you can order the ebook, so that's something I think. But the um, the Templar one was the sequel to it. Now, the first book, Imperial Age, was released at the exact same time as the update, or actually the introduction of faction warfare. So it told you why the factions were going to war with one another, and then Templar one mm-hmm. was actually a few years later at the beginning of Dust Five One Four game. So that explained the origins of the 514, and those two incidents were connected. Well, it it explained the origins of the clone soldiers. It actually does not explain 514, and we still well, don't know does. the answer yeah, to 514. Yeah, you're right. They never told us what 514 is? Nope. Ratati would know, right? Because he was in charge of 514 for a while. I mean, I assume probably. Yeah. Are you getting ambushed? Nope. I got away. So far, so good. I've now made it. To, so you have to, you have to make it to the site. So I bounced off the station. Yeah. Got to the site. I, they chased me to the station. People but then I got you? to the site. Yeah. So you're ricocheting off things. Okay. Remember, there's a lot of people yeah. who want to kill you. So you got to be a little strategic about it. And okay. there is a smart bomber on. Well, this isn't for new game. players then, right? This is like actually challenging. Uh, you can do, I mean, like, as long as you don't go into the low, like I had several, I think I got five or six points before it started sending me into low sec, but yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of people that are going to get their feelings hurt in this, in doing this. I'm pretty sure. By the way, it's not Imperium age. It's in Imperium. Yeah. So, uh, the Imperium age, not empire or Imperial, but Empyrean. Um, the actual, the, I say greetings, fellow Empyreans, uh, which confuses some people. But, uh, oh, I messed this up a lot. Hold on. Let me, I can't focus on multiple things at the same time, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, no an Empyrean, um, the word Empyrean being used in regards to us comes from the Empyrean Age, in which the head of the Memetar delegation to Concord says that truly these capsuleers are the Empyreans of our age. Um, the word Empyrean means angel. So in like Dante's Inferno and, uh, and other places, when they give names to sections of heaven and hell, the, 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 the land of Empyrean is the highest heaven. 
And so Empyreans are angels, those who live with God. And so he, what he's saying is, is that the Empyreans, us, are like the shepherds, the, the, the angels of our age. Um, uh, and that's, that's why I use the word, you know, you know the, I, whatever, I, I like that term for us. And so the word Empyrean age comes from that as well. Got it. Also, uh, Mattress WX reminds us there's also a novella, it's a smaller novel, uh, by Tony Gonzalez, who's the author of those two books we just talked about, called The Odyssey. The Odyssey. The Odyssey, yeah. yeah there's actually a couple of them. The Odyssey is a good one, though, for sure. Hmm. Okay, but as you can see, uh, Ashtarothy is traveling through this uh, Grand Prix, which you can do by yourself or with a friend or with a few friends. Just be careful. In some areas, there are people who are waiting for fast ships to destroy them. I get out before he kills me. What's I he, do! What, Yay! What's he coming after you with? Hyperion. A battleship? Yeah, they smart bomb with battleships. Oh, That's how oh. they get you. Because I'm an interceptor. That's the only way they're going to catch me. I'm sorry. He was just sitting at the gate then. I thought he was chasing you. Yep. Nope. He was sitting there and I was trying to get through. Yeah, usually you'll see a double, uh, two, two battleships together working it because uh, it's much more effective with two battleships. Sometimes you can get past one smart bomb, but uh, when you have two. And they line up smart bombs, not just one smart bomb per ship, but multiple smart bombs per ship. And then right. They, and then they That's why, I mean... Usually you go with a battleship that has eight high slots, so you can have a full rack. It's pretty yeah, devastating. Eight smart bombs. They take a while to reload, basically, right? It was a cycle. Yeah. But yeah. Because the thing is, is that they need to get you as you're landing, because you're going to land and then immediately jump. So they need to get you as you're coming out of warp. So yeah, they, they, they can't it. just wait to predict you. They have to constantly be cycling them. So that way, no matter when you land, one of you know they'll they'll hit you yeah it's uh it's crazy it's like uh you're you're you think you're coming into a gate next thing you know you wind up in your cloner in your underwear totally dead uh just gone like your ship's gone and your pod is gone and you never saw anything <laughs> somebody commented i need medium shield extenders i do have a medium shield extender i was going to try to i tried to put on two but I'd have to sacrifice too much. Well, this is where I think this is not for new players necessarily, or even novice players. This is this this takes some doing, unless you go at a certain point where they get tired, fall asleep. Who knows? But well, I mean, I like these things because it's a puzzle, and and I also really like the fact that the challenge is players. Like, if there's nobody there to kill you, then there's no problem. I I made it through a lot of the low sec systems, and there was nothing even there to threaten me. I agree. So, but the mixed concept is, hey, let's go sightseeing killed you that's that's disorienting if i'm competing in a race killed you it's like a pod race i can understand that it's competitive and all this other stuff but if i'm sightseeing that's a different thing so i think it's a mixture they did of give you interceptors good luck <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> well all right well is there how, how does somebody get involved with this sort of thing you said luminaire is where everything starts right yeah well you have a uh, your event flag, and then also in the agency um, on the main page, there probably is. Hold on. Yeah, on the main page, there's the Federation Grand Prix and the new Bissell Proving Ground events information. And uh, 
if in the top left corner under information, you should have a little flag, which is the events thing, which should tell you your first task. And if you click on that, it opens up the agency to this part. And whatever your next destination is, it's the first thing written in that chap. In that, this is actually something that took me a while to figure out. Mm. So, like right now, I'm going to the Mechios graveyard, which is in Sorum Prime. So, the, I right click on that to set my destination. Oh, good. That's where the linked. I, so, the, the system is always the first thing linked at the very top of the description for each challenge. Yeah, that's been a bonanza for pirates, right? They're just destroying all kinds of people that are following this pilgrimage. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. And even as I was going through, like I saw in any given system, I saw at least two or three other frigates, usually like interceptors or assault frigates uh, going alongside me. I can only, like most of them, because I was being all careful. So as I'm going, you know, watching as i'm moving around constantly going past me there's like assault frigates interceptors just beelining it so i was like all right well <laughs> our question from lucky strike three said lucky strike says uh, does it send you through nullsec i have not yet been sent to nullsec but i have been told by people it does yeah uh dragon teeth says i had to go through nullsec to avoid some camp low sec gates so that's an another reason you might end up in nullsec is just to run around a low sec bottleneck that's uh, camped out too hard that's a good point any of those if you see something that might be a bottleneck you can always put it as a uh, set to avoid it'll and it'll try to reroute you around yeah uh the north route the third part goes through nullsec so there you go mm -hmm. nullsec isn't bad uh they they have the advantage of having really effective gate camps because they can literally just bubble uh, and then take their time and kill you because you get stuck. So that's why you use an interceptor. Make sure to use an interceptor that has in the show description. It says that it will uh, stop bubbles. Let's see the exact text. Hold on. You you are looking for the trait immune to interdiction sphere launcher, warp disruption field generator, mobile small uh, small medium and large warp disruptors. That is on half of the interceptors. One of the subsystems of um, T3 cruisers and on the luxury yacht. So if you're in one of those three ships, then you don't have to worry about bubbles. You're immune to them. Mm -hmm. Can you use your Tangu? Yes, if you. Yes. Well, you can use As any if, ship yeah. you want, but that's the one you'll survive in. Yeah, like I said, all of the T3 cruisers have an, uh, have an interdiction nullification subsystem that allows them to ignore bubbles. So the Mechios graveyard, um, which is where I'm at right now, it is very foggy here, so it's hard to see. But um, one of the things that's important about this place is that, so this is Mechios, which is a planet in Sorum Prime. It's important because it is the uh, birthplace of Jamil Sorum. So the idea was is that the, the scariest fleet to have ever threatened a Mars homeworld, the Elder Fleet, which is a combination of um, the Mimitar Republic uh, naval fleet and uh, the Thucker mix, like a secret war cache that they had been developing. They attacked into a Mars space and made it all the way to Sorum Prime, just near the Amar home planet. And out of nowhere comes Jamil with her Abaddon, and she uses a super weapon, which you can see right here, and destroyed the entire Mimitar fleet, Titan and all, in a single shot. 
And uh, up until this point, everybody thought she was dead. So this event was deemed a miracle of God. She was crowned Empress of Amar. And uh, again, this is all stuff that's from a combination of Empyrean Age and Templar One. That's actually depicted in a trailer as well. Uh, that super weapon. Yes. And that exact incident is uh, part of a teaser. I'll dig it up. And actually, uh, yeah, it's the Empyrean Age trailer. Um, I also, we could also show off if you want to. I just finished my first pass of the Who Are the Drifters video, which I'm hoping to publish here within the next couple of days mm -hmm. for realsies. Mm -hmm. um, but I use that footage in, in that too, of course, because, you know, that moment is pretty important to that story. Yeah, that's really cool. I like, I haven't been to that graveyard yet. Well, they just redid it. This was part of the sound like, on. Okay. They redid the Mechio's graveyard as part of, and, and this, this statue to Jamil is actually new too. I didn't even know that I this statue that existed until I just got here. anything about that. I thought that was coming a lot later. That's uh, amazing that that's already there. Yep. It's a big, uh, she looks a bit different. And this is why I'm saying like, can you go close on her face? Cause she looks different than her depictions. Uh, I guess it's a statue, so it'll always look a little different. But oh, look at the—you can see the plates. Those plates must be as big as an entire city. Yeah, she's got a she's got a different look, maybe. Well, there's also lots of there's footage of her um, on, uh, like her coronation is also a video. And obviously, when she's assassinated, they, yeah. they show her there, well, too. Well, her coronation, when you see the coronation, you're actually seeing a portrait of her, and they attach a voice to that. She's not moving her. Right. And that portrait was available to the public, so that's usually what we think of. And it's a, a very beautiful older woman, younger now. That I... She's also depicted in the opening of Dust 514. That's right. Because she's talking with her She her looks different there, too. Agent. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she got clones, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's an ugly clone you're wearing. Wow. Yeah, I won't go there. Oh, uh, you know what I will do, though, is I'll show you this video while you uh, move around to your next spot. Let's actually see this um, here. This is going to be the Imperian Age trailer. But what's interesting about this is... Um, Every one of these incidences that are seen in this trailer are actually part of the book. So these are all three different things going on. Maybe I won't show the whole thing. Uh... Yeah, they're critical events to the, uh, to the book. But the, the Jamil section is the final, like, the last, like, 15 seconds of the footage. Yeah, yes. here it is. And we'll see that now. Without volume, because it's, well, actually, I'll just lower the The volume. thing I didn't realize was just how long that book is. There's a yeah. lot. Yeah. I think it's a lot longer than Templar 1. I'm not sure. Here you go. Welcome to the Empyrean Age. Hey, that was 2008. Looked pretty good back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody asked if these monu if that monument existed. Yes. So 
again, the Mechio's graveyard already existed, but it was basically just a bunch of random, or it was like a little Rex and stuff. They they went through and and yeah, polished it up and added the statue. Did they, so they uh, did that. This. They did that recently. Yeah, it was part of the same patch. It was actually it's in the patch notes that the Mechio's graveyard got an overhaul. It's just that oftentimes people confuse the Mechio's graveyard with the Moly Cemetery. Moly Cemetery is players, uh, real life players. Mechio's graveyard is in-game lore stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, how far are you from your last destination? Or oh, I don't like. I'm. You're I don't even eternal, think I'm, you're on an my eternal last... trip. Okay. Well, we've seen you pick up <laughs> two or three uh, of those green dots there. Yeah, I think I've done like five different sites since I've been here. Five yeah. or six. It's cool. So... We're gonna uh, we're gonna actually save M two. Maybe we'll talk about it this weekend. Maybe we'll talk about. Uh, it on Monday, but we're out of time. In the next few minutes, we're going to be going to the all-new Open Comms show. Uh, without... Before we bounce out, I did want to cover yeah, we're a not... couple of the other news notes real quick. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. We're not leaving yet. I'm just telling you where we're going to go in a few minutes. They have a few minutes set up, but go ahead. What what else we got? Sure. So today actually was a lot of news when it came to like CCP communicating things. We got uh, actually a brand new news portal which doesn't actually do anything besides rearrange the, the, the deck, as it were. Like, there's nothing, there's no new, uh, there's still no por uh, portal to the fiction portal or anything like that on there. It's just a different way of organizing the news, um, like their official blogs and stuff. The same thing that's on the launcher. Um, they also updated the partner program. So they actually put out a list of all of the partners that are currently part of the partner program and expanded it a bit and added an affiliate partnership stuff that i'm not 100 percent. i even understand it yet um and then there was something else too hold on oh the one of the weird things was that yesterday they announced that there's new new mixed dimension statues so they added the uh sisters of eve ships to the mixed dimension for, so you can buy the physical models um but for some reason that news article is actually missing on the new news art, news website. Uh, if you go to the news website update, which announces the news, uh, you can see that it's one of the things on the screenshot. But when you actually go to the news website, it's <laughs> not there at all, which is really bizarre. Yeah. By the way, here's a but par either way. Partnership program announcement is for the public, not for partners. And this basically tells you who's a partner and where you can find them. And then also we have the Federation Navy uh, police skins are available in the store again. And the newest uh, proving conduit, which is the interceptors is live for this weekend. Let's look at that. It will be here on sale. Those are skins, right? I mean, of course they are, but I don't know if I see a what I'm looking at the store outside the game. I think those are inside or, the game. Oh, the the police ones? Yeah. Yeah, those are available in the Nest uh or the yeah, the New Eden store in game. So here right. I'll pull it up. You can see there's a bunch of police skins right now. So just word to the word wise, these are being sold again and they'll probably be sold again again. So <laughs> I saw some people 
online complaining because it's like, oh, they're selling these and they, they were supposed to only sell them once. I don't remember them ever saying that they're only going to sell them once and they've sold police skins multiple times. So if you like it, get it. Uh, this is not one of those ones that are going to just run away, continue to increase in value because they probably will sell them again. But they are really good. Although those Eros Blossom skins, I don't know if those have come around. They probably should have come around by now, but they didn't. And they, those are worth oh, billions. Oh, I should leave. Each. Yeah, you're just drifting uh, in space. Yeah, they, uh, those, y- you actually pointed out, um, those were a, Hall- uh, a Valentine's Day skin. But then when they started coming out with the uh, Heart, Surge. Heart Surge, they stopped selling the other one. So while they sold that other one twice, they didn't sell it the last couple of years so that arrows mm. blossom looks like it's going to continue to get value at least for another year yeah and i don't know if you guys saw we had a show this morning called the european show it happens tuesdays and fridays and we talk about the game industry more so than eve online specifically but in that we were talking about items that were unique basically collector's item in eve and uh or in in digital media in in general and so that was kind of an interesting trip, um, you know, talking about how the rarity and uh, how you can make something rare by making it unique and all this stuff and how that's worth more and how games are uh, looking to utilize that. Not just games, but anything else. I don't know much about this is, it. This has it seen out. a major uprise in in popularity within the last couple of weeks. Um, weeks? With uh, what's called... No, no, yeah. So there's this new... It, it has been... The idea of Bitcoin and blockchain and all that kind of stuff has a new hotness, which is called NFT, non-fungible trading. So basically, you know, you can have a copy of a C- you can have the digital copy of a CD, or you can have a digital copy of the CD with, with a special encoding that is attached to a crypto or like a bit uh, blockchain type, type system that validates that that copy is the copy and your copy. Um, so we're seeing this happen with a lot of artists nowadays um, in particular, but you know, the, that idea of the collector's item, the limited run copy, the, the certificate of authentic, uh, authenticity um, has kind of resurfaced through cryptocurrency type technology. One of the earliest adopters of this was a thing called CryptoKitties, which was a, a blockchain-based system where these these kitties were were born by the system and then you could buy them and then breed them to make new ones and but pure each breed, one of them was unique purebred electronic cats that's yep. wild that means that thousands people, of dollars for a single one of them that tells me concentration of money is too tight like you need to spread that out because if you can afford an electronic purebred kitten um you're probably looking for things to buy the weirdest thing about it, though, is especially in that case, is that in that point, you don't actually own the image of the kitten. The company does. So that's why they can show the kitten, like any kitten that gets generated through their system. You don't own it at all. All you own is the code that specifies the effectively the genetic detail that makes your kitten look the way it does, but not the image that would come from that. Oh, it's weird. Remarkable. The world existence. is weird and people have way too much money and they're th- like literally Logan but- Paul like has made millions of dollars selling non-fungible trading literally nothings. Yeah. 
Uh, here it is. Uh, Haggis says a piece of digital art just sold for sixty-eight million. Hmm. I didn't know mm -hmm. that. Crazy. It all it is is it's it's it is a digital equivalent of a physical certificate of authenticity. So for a thing that may or may not exist, I guess not exist. Well, well, that, the weird thing about it is, like I said, you can get. So one of the ones that they did was uh, they sold some musician sold like the the first run of of a of a of an album. So if you if you buy this, if you got it, then you would have the NFT that says that you own the original of this song of this CD. Everybody else could still just listen to the music on Spotify like everybody else, just like if you had the original of the CD or whatever that was minted. Um, but basically, you just now have a digital agreement with a bunch of your a bunch of other people that says that you have it and that you've spent a lot of money to get it. It's super weird. Well, it works out for I, I can imagine that works out for the music industry. That works out for artistry, right? Because mm -hmm. it helps the patronage, right? That you love something so well, much. Taco you can Bell just sold NFTs images. Taco Bell, what the what? Yeah, mm -hmm. for what? Yep, and the first and burrito? so they they, they they not no 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 they're like image they're pictures they're like oh. they're like art. So, but they 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 sold these. I think it was like a dozen NFTs, and they immediately resold and resold and re like they're gaining value. It's nuts. That's crazy. And it's it, it's literally nothing. It, basically, here's the thing. The problem is that Bitcoin is what's called fungible, right? So if I have one Bitcoin and I trade it in for another Bitcoin, the two Bitcoins are effectively identical. There's no reason why one is different than the other. So if you think about it, these NFTs are effectively Bitcoins that are attached to something else that makes them unique. That's why they're called non-fungible tokens. You can't just like... I can't trade in my NFT for your NFT and have it be the same thing because my NFT represents some CD and your NFT represents a Taco Bell art piece. So even though they're both one NFT, they're, they're different and therefore they have different value. And so this is like the next generation of cryptocurrency past like Bitcoin or whatever. It's the idea that they want non-fungible tokens to be traded. Well, I got a Titan Bridge to sell you and delve if you want to. Send some money and that, to TIS. <laughs> that is one of the interesting ideas is that like you could sell something that would uh, like, what if they sold a hundred full access passes and then anybody who has that non-functional token can just go into any Taco Bell and, and get free Taco Bell. That's something. Hmm. And only so many people get to have that and you could sell it or, you know, you could resell it on the market or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we're over time. We're going to go over to uh, open comms now with uh, Drayden and Dominark. I kept thinking. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Hang out with those guys and uh, we will see you next week on Talking in Stations. Don't forget to tune in Sunday for the Sunday weekend show. show. Thanks, Ash, for taking us on a tour. We'll see you later.